Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse with the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that web page, there is a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up where you can subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we complete our reading of Chapter 10, God and the Ego, with Section 8, The Problem and the Answer. Um, I hope we can disregard that barking. Uh, but let me know if it's a disturbance. Um, let's see. By way of opening this morning, I found this little poem. Uh, actually, it's a little piece of prose. It's quite beautiful with regard to our reading and our lesson to, today. It's from Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho. It goes like this. We are travelers on a cosmic journey, stardust, swirling and dancing in the eddies and whirlpools of infinity. Life is eternal. We have stopped for a moment to encounter each other, to meet, to love, to share. This is a precious moment, a little parenthesis in eternity. Forgiveness offers everything I want. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Really beautiful. The pup's voice is a beautiful song. And this dog said, Amen. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Harrison. That's cute. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Lana, Donna, Karen, and Robin Marie. And has anyone else joined us uh, that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning. It's Jessica, and I'd like to read. Great. Thanks, Jessica. And anyone else? Hey, Jude. Hi, yes. I'd like to read. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. In Chapter 10, God and the Ego, Section 8, The Problem and the Answer. In Paragraph 69, The world as you perceive it cannot have been created by the Father, for the world is not as you see it. God created only the eternal, and everything you see is perishable. Therefore, there must be another world which you do not see. The Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, yet this cannot be literally true, for the eternal are not recreated. To perceive anew is merely to perceive again, implying that before or in the interval, You were not perceiving at all. 
But that is the world that awaits your perception when you can see it. Chapter 10, God and the Ego. Section 8, The Problem and the Answer. The world as you perceive it cannot have been created by the Father, for the world is not as you see it. God created only the eternal, and everything you see is perishable. Therefore, there must be another world which you do not see. The Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, yet this cannot be literally true, for the eternal are not recreated. To perceive anew is merely to perceive again, applying that before or in the interval you were not perceiving at all. What then is the world that awaits your perception when you see it? Every loving thought that the Son of God ever had is eternal. Those which his mind perceived in this world are the world's only reality. They are still perceptions because he still believes that he is separate. Yet they are eternal because they are loving. And being loving, they are like the Father and therefore cannot die. The real world can, can actually be perceived. All that is necessary is a willingness to perceive nothing else. For if you perceive both good and evil, you are accepting both the false and the true and making no distinction between them. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. 70. Every loving thought that the Son of God ever had is eternal. Those which his mind perceived in this world are the world's only reality. They are still perceptions because he still believes that he is separate. Yet they are eternal because they are loving. In being loving, they are like the Father and therefore cannot die. The real world can actually be perceived. All that is necessary is a willingness to perceive nothing else. For if you perceive both good and evil, you are accepting both the false and the true and making no distinction between them. 71. The ego sees some good, but never only good. That is why its perceptions are so variable. It does not reject goodness entirely, for that you could not accept but it always adds something that is not real to the real, thus confusing illusion and reality. For perceptions cannot be partly true. If you believe in truth and illusion, you cannot tell which is true. To establish your personal autonomy, you try to create unlike your father, believing that you made to be capable of being, believing what you made to be capable of being unlike him. Yet everything in what you have made that is true is like him. Only this is the real world, and perceiving only this will lead you to the real heaven 
because it will make you capable of understanding it. Thank you, Fran and Lena. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Excuse me. 71, this ego sees some good, but never only good. That is why its perceptions are so variable. It does not reject goodness entirely, for that you could not accept. But it always adds something that is not real to the real, thus confusing illusion and reality. For perceptions cannot be partly true. If you believe in truth and illusion, you cannot tell which is true. To establish your personal autonomy, you try to create unlike your father, believing what you made to be capable of being unlike him. Yet everything in what you have made that is true is like him. Only that is the real world. And perceiving only this will lead you to the real heaven because it will make you capable of understanding it. 72. The perception of goodness is not knowledge, but the denial of the opposite of goodness enables you to perceive a condition in which opposites do not exist. And this is the condition of knowledge. Without this awareness, you have not met its conditions, and until you do, you will not know that it is yours already. You have made many ideas which you have placed between yourselves and your creator, and these beliefs are the these beliefs are the world as you perceive it. Truth is not absent here, but it is obscure. You do not know the difference between what you have made and what God created. And so you do not know the difference between what you have made and what you have created. Thank you, Lana and Donna. 72. The perception of goodness is not knowledge, but the denial of the opposite of goodness enables you to perceive a condition in which opposites do not exist. And this is the condition of knowledge. Without this awareness, you have not met its conditions. And until you do, you will not know that it is yours already. You have made many ideas which you have, be, have placed between yourself and your creator. And these beliefs are the world as you perceive it. Truth is not absent here, but it is obscure. You do not know the difference between what you have made and what God created, and so you do not know the difference between what you have made and what you have created. 73. To believe that you can perceive the real world is to believe that you can know yourself. You can know God 
because it is his will to be known. The real world is all that the Holy Spirit has saved for you out of what you made. And to perceive only this is salvation because it is the recognition that reality is only what is true. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 73. To believe that you can perceive the real world is to believe that you can know yourself. You can know God because it is his will to be known. The real world is all that the Holy Spirit has saved for you out of what you have made. And to perceive only this is salvation because it is the recognition that reality is only what is true. 74. This is a very simple course. Perhaps you do not feel that a course which in the end teaches nothing more than that only reality is true is necessary. But do you believe it? When you have perceived the real world, you will recognize that you did not believe it. Yet the swiftness with which your new and only real perception will be translated into knowledge will leave you only an instant to realize that this judgment is true. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Bree. Seventy-four. This is a very simple course. Perhaps you do not feel that a course which, in the end, teaches nothing more than that only reality is true is necessary. But do you believe it? When you have perceived the real world, you will recognize that you did not believe it. Yet the swiftness with which your new and only real perception will be translated into knowledge will leave you only an instant to realize that this judgment is true. 75, and then everything you made will be forgotten, the good and the bad, the false and the true. For as heaven and earth become one, even the real world will vanish from your sight. The end of the world is not its destruction, but its translation into heaven. The reinterpretation of the world is the transfer of all perception to knowledge. The Bible tells tells you to become a little. Ch- <clears throat> excuse me. The Bible tells you to become as little children. Little children recognize that they do not understand what they perceive, and so they ask what it means. Do not make the mistake of believing that you understand what you perceive, for its meaning is lost to you. Yet the Holy Spirit has saved its meaning for you. And if you will let him interpret it for you, he will restore what you have thrown away. As long as you think you know its meaning, you will see no need to ask it of him. Thank you, Robert Marie. And Jessica. Jessica. 
75. And then everything you made will be forgotten, the good and the bad, the false and the true. For as heaven and earth become one, even the real world will vanish from your sight. The end of the world is not its destruction, but its translation into heaven. The reinterpretation of the world is the transfer of all perception and knowledge. The Bible tells you to become as little children. Little children recognize that they do not understand what they perceive, and so they ask what it means. Do not make the mistake of believing that you understand what you perceive, for its meaning is lost to you. Yet the Holy Spirit has saved its meaning for you, and if you will let him interpret it for you, he will restore what you have thrown away. As long as you think you know its meaning, you will see, you will see no need to ask it of him. 76. You do not know the meaning of anything you perceive. Not one thought you hold is wholly true. The recognition of this is your firm beginning. You are not misguided. You have accepted no guide at all. Instruction in perception is your great need, for you understand nothing. Recognize this but do not accept it, for understanding is your inheritance. Perceptions are learned, and you are not without a teacher. Yet your willingness to learn of him depends on your willingness to question everything you have learned of yourself, for you have learned amiss. For Sorry, for you who have learned amiss should not be your own teachers. Thank you, Jessica. I'm Judy. Perfect. Thank you, Lori. You do not know the... <laughs> I want to read this in first person. You do not know the meaning of anything you perceive... Not one thought you hold is true. The recognition of this is my firm beginning. You are not misguided. You have accepted no guide at all. Instruction and perception is your greatest need, for you understand nothing. Recognize this, but do not accept it, for understanding is your inheritance. Perceptions are learned, and you are not without a teacher. Yet your willingness to learn of him depends upon your willingness to question everything you have learned of yourself. For you who have learned amiss should not be your own teacher. No one can withhold truth except from himself. Yet God will not refuse the answer he gave you. Ask then for what is yours, but which you did not make. And do not defend yourself against the truth. You made the problem which God has answered. Ask yourself, therefore, but one simple question. Do I want 
the problem, or do I want the answer? Decide for the answer, and you will have it, for you will see it as it is, and it is yours already. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And so do we have a new reader for 77 uh, through 80, please? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. 77. No one can withhold truth except from himself. Yet God will not refuse the... Yet God will not refuse the answer he gave you. Ask then for what is yours, but which you did not make. And do not defend yourself against truth. You made the problem which God has answered. Ask yourself, therefore, but one simple question. Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Decide for the answer and you will have it. For you will see it as it is, and it is yours already. 80. You complain that this course is not sufficiently specific for you to understand it and use it. Yet it has been very specific, and you have not done what it specifically advocates. This is not a course in the play of ideas, but in their practical application. Nothing could be more specific than to be told very clearly that if you ask, you will receive. The Holy Spirit will answer every specific problem as long as you believe that problems are specific. His answer is both many and one, as long as you believe that one is many. Realize that you are afraid of his specificity for fear of what you think it will demand of you. Yet only by asking will you learn that nothing that is of God demands anything of you. God gives. He does not take. Thank you, Sandra. Is there another new reader for 80 and 81? New reader for 80 and 81? Patricia here. Thank you. 80, you complain that this course is not sufficiently specific for you, for you to understand it and use it. Yet, it has been very specific and you have not done what it specifically advocates. This is not a course in play of ideas, but in their practical application. Nothing could be more specific than to hope, than to be told very clearly that if you ask, you will receive. The Holy Spirit will answer every specific 
problem as long as you believe that problems are specific. His answer is both many and one. As long as you believe that the one is many. Realize that you are afraid. Afraid of his Can you say that word? Realize that you are afraid of his well, his special somebody tell me that word. Specificity. Specificity. Thank you very much. Yeah. Realize that you are afraid of his specificity for fear is what you think it will demand of you. Fear of what? I'm going to do that again. That's a strong sentence. Realize that you are afraid of his specificity or fear of what you think it will demand of you, yet only by asking will you learn that nothing that is of God demands anything of you. God gives. He does not take. 81. You are refusing to ask. Because you believe that asking is taking, and you do not perceive it as sharing. The Holy Spirit will give you only what is yours, and will take nothing in return. For what is yours is everything, and you share it with God. This is its reality. Would the Holy Spirit, who wills only to restore, be capable of misinterpreting the question you must ask to learn his answer? Thank you, Patricia. Uh, is there another narrator for 81 and 82? Eighty-one and 82? Yeah. Thank you, Harrison. Indeed, Lord. You are refusing to ask because you believe that asking is taking and you do not perceive it as sharing. The Holy Spirit will give you only what is yours and will take nothing in return. For what is yours is everything and you share it with God. This is its reality. With the Holy Spirit who who wills only to restore, 
be capable of misinterpreting the question you must ask to learn his answer? 82. You have heard the answer, but you have misunderstood the question. You, you have believed that to ask for guidance of the Holy Spirit is to ask for deprivation. Little children of God, you do not understand your Father. You believe in a world that takes because you believe that you can get by taking. And by that perception, you have lost sight of the real world. You are afraid of the world as you see it, but the real world is still yours for the asking. Do not deny it to yourself, for it can only free you Nothing of God will enslave his son, whom he created free and whose freedom is protected by his being. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 82 and 83? All back to you, Lemoyne. Oop, did I hear someone? Um, you might have if I can scroll down to it. It's Mindy, hi. Hi, hi. Uh-huh. Looks like I do have it. I would love to read it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One more moment. 82. You have heard the answer, but you have misunderstood the question. You have believed that to ask for guidance of the Holy Spirit is to ask for deprivation. Little children of God, you do not understand your Father. You believe in a world that takes because you believe that you can get by taking. And by that perception, you have lost sight of the real world. You are afraid of the world as you see it, but the real world is still yours for the asking. Do not deny it to yourself, for it can only free you. Nothing of God will enslave his son, whom he created free, and whose freedom is protected by his being. E3. Blessed are you who will ask the truth of God without fear. So only this, only thus can you learn. I'm going to start again there. Blessed are you who will ask the truth of God without fear. For only thus can you learn that his answer is the release from fear. Beautiful child of God, you are asking only for what I promised you. Do you believe I would deceive you? The kingdom of heaven is within you. Believe that the truth is in me. For I know that it is in you. God's sons have nothing which they do not share. 
ask for truth of any son of God and you will have asked it of me. No one of us but has the answer in him to give to anyone who asked it of him. Ask anything of God's Son, and his Father will answer you. For Christ is not deceived in his Father, and his Father is not deceived in him. Oh, thank you, Mindy. Another new reader for 83 and 84. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. Blessed are you who will ask the truth of God without fear, for only thus can you learn that his answer is the release from fear. Beautiful child of God, you are asking only for what I promised you. Do you believe I would deceive you? The kingdom of heaven is within you. Believe that the truth is in me, for I know that it is in you. God's sons have nothing which they do not share. Ask for truth of any son of God, and you have asked it of me. No one of us... No one of us but has the answer in him to give to anyone who asks it of him. Ask anything of God's Son and his Father will answer you. For Christ is not deceived in his Father and his Father is not deceived in him. Do not then be deceived in your brother and see only his loving thoughts as his reality. For by denying that his mind is split, you will heal yours. Accept him as the Father accepts him and heal him unto Christ. For Christ is his healing and yours. Christ is the Son of God who is in no way separate from his Father, whose every thought is as loving as the thought of his Father by which he was created. Be not deceived in God's Son, for thereby you must be deceived in yourself. And being deceived in yourself, you are deceived in your Father, in whom no deceit is possible. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 84. Do not then be deceived in your brother and see only his loving thoughts as his reality. For by denying that his mind is split, you will heal yours. Accept him as his father accepts him and heal him unto Christ. For Christ is his healing and yours. Christ is the Son of God who is in no way separate from his Father, whose every thought is as loving as the thought of his Father by which he was created. Be not deceived in God's Son, for thereby you must be deceived in yourself. And being deceived in yourself, 
You are deceived in your father in whom no deceit is possible. 85. In the real world, there is no sickness, for there is no separation and no division. Only loving thoughts are recognized, and because no one is without your help, the help of God goes with you everywhere. As you become willing to accept this help by asking for it, you will give it because you want it. Nothing will be beyond your healing power because nothing will be denied your simple request. What problems will not disappear in the presence of God's answer? Ask them to learn of the reality of your brother because this is what you will perceive in him and you will see your beauty reflected in him. Thank you, Fran. And Lana. Okay, 85. In the real world, there is no sickness, for there is no separation and no division. Only loving thoughts are recognized. And because no one is without your help, the help of God goes with you everywhere. As you become willing to accept this help by asking for it, you will give it because you want it. Nothing will be beyond your healing power because nothing will be denied your simple request. What problems will not disappear in the presence of God's answer? Ask then to learn of the reality of your brother because this is what you will perceive in him and you will see your beauty reflected in him. 87. If you per- perceive offense in a brother, pluck the offense from your mind, for you are offended by Christ and are deceived in him. Heal in Christ and be not offended by him, for there is no offense in him. If what you perceive offends you, you have offended in yourself and are condemning God's Son, whom God condemneth not. Let the Holy Spirit remove all offense of God's Son against himself and perceive no one but through his guidance, for he would save you from all condemnation. Accept his healing power and use it for all he sends you, for his will to heal the Son of God in whom he is not deceived. Thank you, Lana. Lori, did we skip a paragraph to him? Did we skip 86? You know, I wonder if we didn't. Yeah, Yeah, because we missed the variable perception. Okay. Um, let's see. Maybe plan it to read 86. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I skip a paragraph? Yeah, I'm sorry. 86, honey. Uh, oh, no Okay. Um, should I read that now, or do you want to go on to someone yes. else? Oh, great, okay. Lana, please, read 86. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, <clears throat> my eyes are deceiving me today. Okay. Do not accept your brother's variable perception of himself for his split mind is yours 
and you will not accept your healing without his. For you share the real world as you share heaven, and his healing is yours. To love yourself is to heal yourself, and you cannot perceive part of you as sick and achieve your own goal. Brother, we heal together as we live together and love together. Be not deceived in God's Son, for he is one with himself and one with his Father. Love him who is beloved of his Father, and you will learn of the Father's love for you. Oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you noticed that. (laughs) That's such a beautiful paragraph. Yes, it is. Thank you, Lana. See here. Then Donna, please. I'm going to start with the last sentence in 85. Ask them to learn of the reality of your brother because this is what you will perceive in him and you will see your beauty reflected in him. 86. Do not accept your brother's variable perception of himself, for his split mind is yours, and you will not accept your healing without this. For you share the real world as you share heaven, and his healing is yours. To love yourself is to heal yourself, and you cannot perceive part of you as sick and achieve your goal. Brother, we heal together. As we live together and love together. Be not deceived in God's Son, for he is one with himself and one with his Father. Love him who is beloved of his Father, and you will learn of the Father's love for you. 87. If you perceive offense in a brother, pluck the offense from your mind. For you are offended by Christ and are deceived by him. Heal in Christ and be not offended by him. For there is no offense in him. If what you perceive offends you, you do offend in yourself and are condemning God's son whom God condemneth not. Let the Holy Spirit removed all offenses of God's Son against himself and perceived no one but through his guidance. For he would save you from all condemnation. Accept his healing power and use it for all he sends you. For he wills to heal the Son of God in whom he is not deceived. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 87. If you perceive offense in a brother, pluck the offense from your mind, for you are offended by Christ and are deceived in him. Heal in Christ 
and be not offended by him, for there is no offense in him. If what you perceive offends you, you are offended in yourself and are condemning God's Son, whom God condemneth not. Let the Holy Spirit remove all offense of God's Son against himself and perceive no one but through his guidance for he would save you from all condemnation. Accept his healing power and use it for all he sends you, for he wills to heal the Son of God in whom he is not deceived. 88. Children perceive terrifying ghosts and monsters and dragons, and they are terrified. Yet, If they ask someone they trust for the real meaning of what they perceive and are willing to let their interpretations go in favor of reality, their fear goes with them. When a child is helped to translate his quote-unquote ghost into a curtain, his quote-unquote monster into a shadow, and his quote-unquote dragon into a dream, he is no longer afraid and laughs happily at his own fear. You, my children, are afraid of your brothers and of your father and of yourself, but you are merely deceived in them. Thank you, Karen and Robin Marie. Eighty-eight children perceiving children perceive terrifying ghosts and monsters and dragons, and they are terrified. Yet, if they ask someone they trust for the real meaning of what they perceive, and are willing to let their interpretations go in favor of reality, their fear goes with them. When a child is helped to translate his quote-unquote ghost into a curtain, his quote-unquote monster into a shadow, and his quote-unquote dragon into a dream, he is no longer afraid and laughs happily at his own fear. You, my children, are afraid of your brothers and of your father and of yourselves, but you are merely deceived in them. 89. Ask what they are of the teacher of reality, and hearing his answer, you too will laugh at your fears and replace them with peace. For fear lies not in reality, but in the minds of children who do not understand reality. It is only their lack of understanding which frightens them. And when they learn to perceive truly, they are not afraid. And because of this, they will ask for truth again when they are frightened. It is not the reality of your brothers or your father or yourself which frightens you. You do not know what they are, and so you perceive them as ghosts and monsters and dragons. Ask of their reality from the one who knows it, and he will tell you what they are, for you do not understand them. And because you are deceived by what you see, You need reality to dispel your fears. Thank you, Robin Marie. 
Jessica. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I got a little lost there. Okay. 87. If you perceive... Honey, brother. I think we're at... No, 88. I think we're at 89. I think we're at 89. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 89. Ask what they are of the teacher of reality. And hearing his answer... You too will laugh at your fears and replace them with peace. For fear lies not in reality, but in the minds of children who do not understand reality. It is only their lack of understanding which frightens them. And when they learn to perceive truly, they are not afraid. And because of this, They will ask for truth again when they are frightened. It is not the reality of your brothers or your father or yourself which frightens you. You do not know what they are, and so you perceive them as ghosts and monsters and dragons. Ask their reality from one who knows it, and he will tell you what they are. For you do not understand them. And because you are deceived by what you see, you need reality to dispel your fears. 90. Would you not exchange your fears for truth if the exchange is yours for the asking? For if God is not deceived in you, you can be deceived only in yourself. Yet you can learn the truth of yourself, of the Holy Spirit, who will teach you that, as part of God, deceit in you is impossible. When you perceive yourself without deceit, you will accept the real world in place of the false one you have made. And then your Father will lean down to you and take the last step for you, by raising you unto himself. Phew. Thank you, Jessica. And Judy? Um, Would you not exchange your fears for truth if the exchange is yours for the asking? For if God is not deceived in you, you can be deceived. I can't hear you, Judy. I'm sorry, I'll start over. Uh, Would you not exchange your fears for truth if the exchange is yours for the asking? For if God is not deceived in you, you can be deceived only in yourself, yet you can learn the truth of yourself, of the Holy Spirit, who will teach you that, as part of God, deceit in you is impossible. When you perceive yourself without deceit, you will accept the real world 
in place of the false one you have made. And then your father will lean down to you and take the last step for you by raising you unto himself. Oh, thank you, Judy. And thank you, everyone who contributed to this beautiful reading this morning. And um, what better what better thing can we do right now than to pause and reflect on our lesson this morning? Forgiveness offers everything I want. Uh, so, Fran, offer us a, an exclamation point to this reading, please. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 122. Forgiveness offers everything I want. So I shall read some from the lesson. Then we'll do a five-minute reflection at the top of the... Well, not the top of the hour, I guess, now (laughs) on the lesson. Okay. Forgiveness offers everything I want. What could you want forgiveness cannot give? Do you want peace? Forgiveness offers it. Do you want happiness? A quiet mind? A certainty of purpose? A sense of worth and beauty that transcends the world? Do you want a quietness that cannot be disturbed? All this forgiveness offers you and more. Forgiveness lets the veil be lifted up which hides the face of Christ from those who look with unforgiving eyes upon the world. What would you want forgiveness cannot give? Here is the answer. Seek for it no more. You will not find another one instead. God's plan for your salvation cannot change, nor can it fail. Be thankful. It remains exactly as he planned. Here is the answer. Would you stand outside while all of heaven waits for you within? Forgive and be forgiven. As you give, you will receive. Here is the answer. Do not turn away in aimless wandering again. Accept salvation now. It is the gift of God and not the world. Open your eyes today and look upon a happy world of safety and of peace. Morning and evening do we gladly give a quarter of an hour to the search in which the end of hell is guaranteed. Take into happiness as you begin these practice periods, for they hold out the sure rewards of questions answered. Forgiveness offers everything you want. Today, all things you want are given you. Be tempted not to let your gifts slip by and drift into forgetfulness, but hold them firmly in your mind by your attempts to think of them at least a minute as each quarter of an hour passes by. Remind yourself how precious are these gifts with this reminder, which has the power to hold your gifts in your awareness through the day. Forgiveness offers everything I want. Today, I have accepted this as true. Today, I have received the gifts of God. 
Now we'll take a five minutes and reflect on the lesson. Lesson 122, Forgiveness Offers Everything I Want.
Do you want peace? Forgiveness offers it. Lesson 122, forgiveness offers everything I want. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful interlude. Thank you, friend. Oh, that was just a beautiful follow-up to our reading today. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. This is Donna. I can't believe I have to leave shortly for an appointment. So I'm getting in here. I have been blown away by this section. As, as the section was being read today, this, I usually can make a note, but the ideas, the insight, the seeing what's really real flashed like lights in front of me in every paragraph. And it was like, oh, oh, oh. And I, it was so difficult. And, 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 and I'm wordless, except I'm never really wordless. So, but I will say in paragraph 80, that was paragraph was talking about me. So it was like, oh, I had egg on my face because I'm one of these people that <laughs> he's talking about in this paragraph. But nonetheless, nonetheless, because I do ask and am yielded, I'm still apparently getting something. And the other thing was, when I was a young, paragraph 88, <clears throat> I was four, four years older than probably the siblings. I was playing. My brother used to tease me and call, call me the troll under the bridge, which for some reason, I guess I thought it was offensive, but not overly. So I would play the troll under the bridge, and I would come out and make a face and growl at my siblings that were younger than me, three or four of them. And at that age even, I looked and I saw they were terrified. I had convinced them I was a monster. And I had to back up and let them know who I really was. And that's what I'm seeing we're reading today. That's what popped into my head when, when we read 88 was that memory. And I just got what we were studying about by Fran's words. Forgiveness. I thought, oh, right. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so in our quiet time, what I'm working on is not seeing my brothers as brothers, first of all, because then there are brothers and sisters. So I'm seeing everyone now as a sibling. Then I don't get caught up in the uh, today's genre. So in seeing my siblings as siblings, I go back to my brother, Jim, told my sister, Marcia, they both live in Kentucky and in the same house. And I adore them both. And I've told you this before, I think. That I, my brother, Jim, who was born with a hearing issue, so this kid's been through it, and he has a, also a kidney stone issue. So he knows what it's like to have a, a few problems walking through the world, not being able to hear, and, and being so poor that there, not much could be done till he was an adult. But anyway, he told my sister, you know, I love Donna, but I don't like her. 
So in in trying to live love, thank you, Lori, because I kept saying, what's Lori talking about love? And uh, so I'm I'm constantly doing my quote-unquote studying and practicing on my neighbors. So I now do see my neighbors as my siblings. And what, how this sibling, that I always will love a sibling. I think I've said that. You will love your sibling even if you hate them. And that is a beautiful thing because love overcomes death. And um, so I'm seeing everyone as sibling. And that's beginning to be real to me. And... Um, and it became very real in this reading today. So, so it came to me to hold our sibling and my siblings in love. Otherwise, judgment will show me a dream of hell. So that that's another paraphrase of my brother saying, "I love Donna, but I don't like her." So I've been telling myself, "I do love my siblings here." And because I'm seeing that now, I'm enjoying the fact that they're enjoying each other so much. They may be sitting and smoking, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? That's God's business. So, so I wrote this out. I don't, I don't have to like what my brother thinks he is. I need only love him and know the Holy Spirit will extend that love gently as my siblings can receive it as long as I do not judge what seems to be there, but know in truth it is not. I'm so very grateful. I am complete. That was just beautiful, Donna. Thank you so much. I'm glad you could share that before you have to leave. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, Donna. Donna. Thank, thank you, Donna. Thank you. And I thank love... You, Donna. That you're looking at all all people as siblings. That's really useful. Thank you for sharing that. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, about the lesson, forgiveness offers everything I want. Forgiveness is the key to happiness. Um, yesterday when I did the lesson, I really saw that I have aversion to other people, innocent people. I mean, really spiritual, innocent people. But there's some aversion to it. And I and I put it on the altar, and I prayed over it. And I came immediately to the recognition that it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with some unhealed, unforgiven darkness or uh, blocks in my own heart about myself. So um, what read, what jumped out at me in the reading was, you know, if you have an offense in your brother, pluck it from your mind because he's the Christ. Well, earlier when we were doing a lesson on forgiveness, forgiveness offers everything I want. I was reminded again of the person I was trying to work on yesterday. And I said, okay, I denied immediately that it has anything to do with the person that somehow this person is a symbol of something that is unforgiven inside myself. So I'm projecting some unhealed part of my mind out on that person 
because it's calling for my attention to be healed. So first there's like putting, um, first there's recognizing this isn't real. This perception is false. It has nothing to do with the truth. And it's something stuck. And I was just sitting with it and in the meditation this morning and I felt like um, there's an emotional story of my ego that has never been healed and never been forgiven. And the content of that story came up. And, you know, this feeling like men are all perpetrators. (laughs) (laughs) And, I, you know, I've been sexually abused so many times in so many ways by so many men. And it was just like all this ancient emotional garbage came up. It feels like the Holy Spirit wants me to spend time with just that place, you know, resting in God. Not It's not like I'm trying to excavate, introspect, and analyze why I don't like someone or any of those things. But I have a willingness to forgive, and I have a willingness to give it up. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher. and And the only way to be purified is to give my time, my trust, and my attention to the truth, to the Holy Spirit, to the one teacher within. And and it starts with really recognizing that this, this thing that's projected in the external world isn't real. And that's pretty much what yesterday was about. You know, beliefs create perceptions. So in some place in my child mind, I believed that men were taking advantage of me. And then I perceived men as dangerous. And it's all, it, it all comes back to like, okay, this, this very distorted um, belief system, thought system has occurred, but the Holy Spirit knows how to heal it. My, my job is to um, put it on the altar and give Rest in God and do nothing but give God the time and attention to undo it for me. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was just stupendous, Karen. I love the way you say, put it on the altar. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Beautiful. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for reading and sharing. (laughs) I got a problem. (laughs) Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Um, This is, it had to be one of the most um, beautiful parts of the text, so simple and so clear, and um, so apl- applicable. You know the old adage: um, "Take the take the log out of my eye." Um, I learned that, you know, as a child, 
and, you know, not to point fingers, and if you don't have anything good to say, and don't be a tattletale, don't be a snitch, don't blame anybody. You got yourself into it, you got to get yourself out of it. You know, and that kind of upbringing can really be subverted by the mature ego, the mature ego that justifies and rationalizes and blames. And, um, you know, coming full circle to uh, uh, crash and burn where I could no longer blame. I had to take responsibility. I had to be accountable where I was going to die. I mean, physically, emotionally, financially, I was really burning down the house. So the the um, life's journey for me was one that I had to take rigorous honesty, open-mindedness and willingness to look at what my ego had made of me. And the clarity with which I saw it made it very easy to let it go because I could see the obvious outcomes, end gains, all the juice that fuels the ego and its outcomes and its end gain. And none of them were good. Not a single one of them were good. Being selfish and self-centered and self-serving instead of selfless, letting myself go in a real and a true way. This, I just love this. But singularly, I do not know the meaning of anything I perceive. That one thought I hold is wholly true. <laughs> when I got to, when I came to AA, when I was on my crash and burn, I had all these beautiful, you know, insightful, intuitive women look at me with loving compassion, meta on steroids and say, you don't have to believe anything you think is true because it's not. Not a single thing you believe is true. And that's a good place to start. Let go of everything you think, everything you believe. You don't know anything. And maybe you'll you'll become a learner, happy learner. So I'm glad that I started out that way. This is a simple, simple course that only truth is true. And I've come to really recognize that anytime my peace is disturbed or anytime I'm beginning to suffer in any situation, it's because I'm believing something that isn't true. Now, if if I got a belief going on that's not true and it's making me suffer, in, in the most simple everyday ap- application of it, you know, overlooking my own thinking. And I just love the way the lesson, because I wrote it huge in, <laughs> in my book, What's the Lesson Number? I lost the page. That the Holy Spirit is the voice of forgiveness. That vision is the sight the ability to see forgiveness in the world, to see it, actually see it, look upon the world seeing it as it is. It is what it is. 
seen through the eyes of Christ, seen through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, or heard through and answered by the voice of the Holy Spirit is like, you know, I don't have to do anything as far as thinking goes. My thinking, you know, it's functional when it comes to baking a cake. I open up a cookbook. But I don't have to think about anything in relationship to how I'm perceiving the world. I don't know what anything means. I don't understand this. And if I think I do, chances are better than not, I'm going to rely on my past experiences and judge it according to the, my past experiences. And, you know, the, 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 the use of the expression dead thoughts, that dead thoughts will be gone, that I don't use them anymore because I don't rely on my own perceptions to, to guide or direct me because I'm leaning and relying in total dependence on the voice of God in me. It's like, <laughs> lean back, put your feet up, relax who's in charge. Do I want the problem? The ego is always making problems. It's always, always interpreting things on its own behalf, on, on, on behalf of its own agenda. I don't like what's going on. I don't want it to be this way. I want it to be another way, some other way, maybe just a little bit better or a little bit different than the way things are right here, right now. And it always takes me out of the present, and it gets me up in my itty-bitty committee in my head. And the, the, the lapse in the awareness of the presence is all the ego does. It's doing in the past, or it's cooking it up in the future. And to see and watch those kinds of thoughts, you know, totally preoccupy a whole five minutes even. It's too much torture. (laughs) Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Do I want the real world where I can see and be happy and know that only loving thoughts are true and the rest of it is meaningless nonsense? and needs to be not judged, not judged, because this is a dream of judgment, a dream of fear, a dream of of condemnation and of guilt, of shame and blame, blame and shame and fear and guilt. And who wants to be a party to that? I don't. That's no party at all. That's a problem. (laughs) Do I want the problem? Or do I want the answer? Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for this book. It's really helped me see, and it's really helped me to listen. Listen, learn, and do correct our thoughts. Listen, learn, and do be helpful and not harm, harmful by judging, judging and shaming and blaming ourselves first, and then we won't do it unto others. Oh, I love it. I'll be still now. Thank you so much. Lori and Lemoyne for your devotion to us every morning. And the gang for being here. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. It's a powerful testimony. Oh, thank you, Judy. It sure was.
Judy, I'm with you. Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? I want the answer. <laughs> Just so you know, where um, JC talks about it in the text, my, my burden, how does he say it? My burden is light, like to see in the light of understanding. And it, it makes everything light. And, um, you know, that we're in this world and we, that the perception of form is deception. And the, the last few text readings have talked about that self-deception. We're, we're deceived by thinking we're a body. We are not something that can be perceived. We're not an image that can be perceived with the body's eyes. We are not our bodies. And this is, you know, not to deny that we have them, but that's not who we are. We can't be judged or defined by what we say or what we do in our bodies. That's merely to be not judged, not evaluated. I mean, it's an inside job, and we have to be who we are. And no one else but ourselves is accountable to God except ourselves. And it's, it says this so clearly. I can only save myself. I can only, I can't judge myself. We cannot judge ourselves. <laughs> I'm feeding it into my own head, guys. Forgive me. <laughs> I cannot judge myself. <laughs> because we all do it. We're so full of self-recrimination and shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and it's all hypothetical, imaginary stuff. So let's clear the decks. Thank you. I need all the help I can get, guys. Oh, thank you, Judy. Yes, we all do. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. We do. Yeah, each other. We're walking each other home. That's for sure. Um, I wanted to uh, focus on the beginning of this section because um, it's it's just so beautiful and it's so easy to forget that we're creators. We create, when we're aligned with God, we create like God um, with love. You know, we're capable of that, even in the seeming realm of perception and I just want to read this. It's, it just sings to my heart. <clears throat> Excuse me if I can read it. Um, it's paragraph 70. Every loving thought that the Son of God ever had is eternal. Those which his mind perceived in this world are the world's only reality. They are still perceptions because he still believes that he is separate yet they are eternal because they are loving. And being loving, they are like the Father and therefore cannot die. The real world can actually be perceived. All that is necessary is a willingness to perceive nothing else. For if you perceive both good and evil, you are accepting both the false and the true and making no distinction between them. And I think that's what gets us confused. It's this 
notion of duality, that there can be anything that exists other than love. But yet, um, Jesus is telling me that every loving thought, you know, when you want to, when you ask yourself, what are my creations? That's what they are. Every thought I ever have had or ever will have is safe for all eternity. And if I, and the real world is just seeing nothing else. You know, it's just perceiving that and only that because that's the only reality this world has is the love and and love is the litmus test for reality. What is real? Love. What is not real? Everything else. (laughs) Anything unlike love. But the the beauty of this is that when I bring it to love, anything touched by love becomes love. You know, so anything, any perception in this world, the good, the bad, the ridiculous, I just need to bring it to love. And it becomes love and it's healed. And it's healed in my brother and myself. And the only question for understanding, you know, understanding is not for me. It's it's um, not for me to figure out. There's nothing to figure out. I just have to see clearly. And that's and and that's a mechanism of of um, healing my mind, healing my perceptions. So, as I shared before, I share it so much I feel like a broken record. But the only question I need to ask about anything is what is the truth of this, and then I wait for the answer to be received. And it's very tempting to jump in and want to figure it out myself. But if I just stand aside and rest in God and be present with God in the present moment, the answer is always delivered to my mind, either in in a number of ways. Either the either I, I find that what I thought was worrisome is meaningless and I have a good laugh about it, or a solution will show up in an unimagined way because it's not coming from my past thinking. It's fresh and new. Um, you know, I can forget very easily that um, in perception, in that realm of perception, I see only the past. That's the only reference my mind, my wrong mind has for information is to look to the past. There's no other place. And so I can think, I can look to the past, and if there's not a solution there, I can fall into a hopelessness like one doesn't exist. But I forget that at my disposal is the infinite mind of God. (laughs) And that's why when a solution does show up, it's in a fresh and new and unimagined way because it's not coming from my thought system of the ego. It's coming from God, and I can recognize it because it always comes with clarity, certainty, and peace. You know, they're like the hallmarks of any truth. Um, I don't have the doubt that exists in perception. I, I have that certainty, and it's clear. You know, the fog is lifted, and I can see clearly. And, of course, that will of itself bring me peace. So... Um, it's a beautiful thing to reflect upon and contemplate that I am a creator with God. And in the fog of forgetfulness, all I have to do is ask what is the truth of this and rest there and have know that 
a solution or an answer will be given because it's always the mind that's confused. It's, it's not the story around the confusion or the pain. Um, it's always the mind that needs healing. So anyhow, I'm complete. I love this reading today, and there's so much more to say about it, but I'll shut up for a while. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Such clarity. That was a joy to hear, Lana. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lana. Yeah, thank you, Lana. Oh, thank, thank you, Lana. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra. And one of the things that uh, it has <clears throat> been a snag for me is, is specialness. And I really appreciate the reference to um, considering all humans as being either a sibling or a, ch- a child of mine or um, uh, or a parent or something um, to take away that specialness because that has you know that has messed me up more than anything is this whole thought about special relationships <laughs> whether I'm I'm in one or not in one um, they always seem to to uh, catch me off guard because of you know the lack of equanimity in in relationships <laughs> and I'm finding that as I uh, let go and release my thoughts about specialness and start to see the equanimity in all people that they're all they're all connected with me they're all my relations every one of them they're all my brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children everybody is is a mirror of that so um that has given me a great deal of freedom and opportunity to have more enjoyable relationships with everybody i'm complete Oh, that was very excellent, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sandra. That was. That was. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Lama, and thank you, Sandra. You know, Sandra, that um, where in the reading today, I don't know which paragraph it is, but um, Jesus talks about that. He talks about why we can't discern reality from non-reality, and it's because of the ego adding stuff to uh, reality, which confuses us. And and there's nothing more, I don't think, than a special special or special relationships that confuse us. When they add, you know, um, I know from my own experience, you know, I think I love this person or this thing. You know, we're in relationship with everything and everyone, but but it, when it's a person, and what's confusing is that um, how can love cause me pain? And um, what's real and what's not real? You know, that's a very, I think special relationships are 
are one of the most confusing aspects of perception um, because they try to make love into something that it's not. And um, we're just buying into it, you know. How can love be so painful, you know? And, um, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, what Jesus is saying here, that we can have love. Oh, wow, it's wonderful in the beginning, but then ego comes in and adds something to it. Um, it adds what's not love, and that foggy, fogs up the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Oh, what a just perfect point, Lana. Ego always adds something. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And, um, boy, I love this section and the way the the lesson, um, as I said, puts a punctuation point on it, an exclamation point. Um, and the fact that the ego always adds something um, is undergirded by the clarity that forgiveness is simply to withdraw the meanings that I've given everything. Um, and even that, even that is done for me when the Holy Spirit replaces my error with the truth. All for my willingness. He says, you have heard the answer in 82. You have heard the answer. But you misunderstood the question. And that's, I love that because it reminds me how he says, the ego never asks the real question, but my heart always asks the question. Song of Prayer is such a beautiful piece of writing because it helped me to understand that there is a prayer in my heart constantly. Whether I'm aware of it or not, there's always a prayer in my heart. And that prayer is to understand. Peace and understanding always go together. And to understand is um, to accept reality as it is without what the ego has added. You think it's going to cost you something, he says. Um, So you don't ask. But God, the universal giver, gives everything. In fact, in fact, it's already given. But for my misunderstanding. That's why forgiveness looks and waits and judges not. And then lets the Holy Spirit tell you. That's why truth will correct all errors in my mind. And all that's asked of me is to make a space for that. I was looking today at at Lessons 1 through 28. Remember? Above all else, I want to see things differently. 
I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. I have no neutral thoughts. I've laid something. I laid something of error on top of everything God gave in my creation. Those first 28 lessons uh, to make absolutely no sense. It's like an ongoing argument with truth. But, but I look today specifically at lesson 28. He says, above, the lesson is above all else, I want to see things differently. And he says, you may wonder why it's important to say, for example, above all else, I want to see this table differently. In itself, it is not important at all, yet what is it by itself? And what does in itself mean? You see a lot of separate things about you, which really means you are not seeing at all. You either see or not. And when you have seen one thing differently, you will see all things differently. The light you will see in any one of them is the same light you will see in all of them. Isn't that incredible? And that's what he means, well, you'll only have an instant You'll only have an instant to perceive the real world and then you'll be released to knowledge because the light you see in one of them is the same light you'll see in all of them. They call it little cat feet. Um, when, you have, when you have seen, when you understand, uh, it's like little cat feet because... The understanding was always there in response to the prayer of your heart to understand. It was always there, except for the overlay. You describe it like a veil, and it is. It is. My mistaken thoughts about everything have colored my world gray. <laughs> I'm thinking of that Petula Clark song, You Can Color My World. Um, isn't that a prayer of the heart? Just to ask for truth and realize it's already been given. Um, do you want the problem or do you want the answer? Remember Lesson 79 and 80? Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Let me recognize all my problems have been solved. But the whole problem is the idea of separation. And when I accept atonement for myself, um, it's so hard to put into words, but he says in, in Review Lesson 58, when he says, my holiness envelops everything I see, he promises he promises in that lesson that I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself. And it turns out um, the ego would never have us ask, what am I? What is this? What's the truth of this? But all my problems, all my problems or a consequence of believing that there's an opposite to goodness, that there's an opposite to God, that there's an opposite to love, that there's an opposite to light, 
all my problems. Everything I ever experienced in the world that caused me loss of peace and suffering was the belief that there's something opposite to love. And so when awareness returns to me, it's a promise. I can picture all these thoughts I hold about myself. I need to understand. Did you realize that in this lesson, in this reading today, in these paragraphs, the word understand is given eight times. Eight times the word understand is there. When truth corrects all errors in my mind, not only am I restored to peace, but I understand that God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. And that is exactly like you say, Lana, the, the return of clarity, certainty, peace, peace and understanding always go together. And how is it that I have this understanding except that it was always there? It was always there underneath my misunderstanding. So what's my part? How, how many times does the word ask show up in this reading? I didn't, I didn't count him. Um, but he makes a point um, that the Holy Spirit will answer every question that you ask. But you misunderstood the question. I want to know the truth. And it turns out the truth was always there. The truth is the prayer of the heart. Um, and ultimately we understand um, my feeling that um, God has given us our light and our light is His. And seeing in that light I understand myself and I understand this world and I understand God and I realize what he means that I will see myself in the light of my brother's awareness because I have no I have no image but um, if the light of truth is shining through me I'll see it I will see it everywhere my only problem is I don't ask I brought up Lesson 28 because it's um, the culmination of the first 28 lessons. I want to see differently. I want to see truth. I want to see meaning. And he says over and over, ask, ask, ask. And one year when I realized how free I really was, I asked a tree, you know, you call it a tree, a maple, whatever. <laughs> One year I asked a tree what it was, and the tree answered me that it's the joy of God being. And it's for us to realize that all creation is the joy of God being. And that's why we call to all our brothers to join us in our peace and consummate our joy. Um... Because heaven wouldn't be heaven if one single thing was missing. I need the healing of my mind. And it is already healed. When 
what I mistakenly believed um, falls away because I don't want it anymore. I'm complete. Oh, that was just gorgeous, gorgeous, Laurie. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, it was. Thank you, Laurie. Thanks, Wow, I didn't realize the time had gone by so quickly. Um, Let's see here. Um, Somewhere in all these tabs, I think I have a perfect place to end this recording. And I can't find it right now, but I almost have it memorized. I want to give it exactly right, though. It's in Chapter 16 in the Magnitude of Holiness. And this is certainly true. Reality is safe and sure and wholly kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. For love asks only that you be happy and will give you everything that makes for happiness. You have never given any problem to the Holy Spirit. He has not solved for you, nor will you ever do so. You've never tried to solve anything yourself and been successful. Is it not time you brought these facts together and made sense of them? That's why this course is in practical application because life provides endless opportunities to do exactly that. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. What a lovely call.